welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. In episode 16 of Game Consultant, user acquisition, hot topic always, but definitely also during the coronavirus. And um, recently we had the Apps Flyer report, which is saying end of 2021, we're doing around 50 billion in user acquisition. So I did ask Oliver Kern. Oliver Kern is someone that I always ask when it comes down to marketing, user acquisition for gaming and uh, topics, a diversity of topics like, okay, so what is what is a good UA strategy? Which data are you using? How can you determine your lifetime value? Um, but also uh, things like, what is happening right now during the coronavirus? How are game developers anticipating on uh, different ways of how people maybe are spending? Are they spending less? You know, a lot of people are under pressure financially. And then obviously, what is happening after the virus? So stay tuned now for this episode with really some very nice insights. And I want to thank Oliver for doing this together with me. I hope you enjoy it. And um, if you like it, let me know, give me feedback, and maybe you can share it also with some of your gaming friends, because I think some of those insights are really, really valuable. So today, an episode, an episode about user acquisition, marketing, I would say everything that is needed to bring a game, launch successful, etc., etc. And um, I'm actually having Oliver Kern, and um, his company is called Target Gamers. And, and as many know, that if I want to know something about user acquisition, I'm always saying it's Oli. Hello, Oli. Hey, how are you? Glad to <laughs> be here on the show. Cool. Yeah, we're all at home and we are both working from Holland and we're going to work inside for the next 30 days, which was announced announced yesterday. So anyways, um, let's let's go and dive dive into it. Can you explain a little bit about what you're doing? Uh, as a consultant on one hand, but also I think you have some entrepreneurial stuff going on yourself too. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, in a, in a nutshell, I've been basically in the mobile games industry from relatively early days, at least when it comes to free-to-play. So I really started to kind of, after having worked in, as a CMO at Jagex and having been kind of in the, in the online uh, free-to-play space, I... Uh, I really dug into uh, the mobile games industry from about 2013, so that's already now seven years. It was kind of the beginning of uh, free-to-play there. There was still a lot of premium games around. Um, that's when I kind of started to work as a consultant, and there was just a huge demand for just uh, you know common sense marketing, as I would call it, um, because there was a lot of um, noise and uh, people were just, uh, you know, uh, going after the next carrot 
the next thing um, to kind of get users and to kind of uh, hack the App Store rankings and all these kind of things. Um, I mean, everything has completely changed. Everything is completely different uh, in comparison to back then. So it's been super interesting and exciting, and I love uh, being in in, a, in an industry where everything constantly changes. Uh, it kind yeah. of really teases you all the time to kind of rethink what you're doing. So also these days, um, you know, it's definitely worth kind of re rethinking what you're actually doing and how much sense that makes and all these kind of things. Um, I work with a few companies um, <clears throat> on kind of C-level, board-level uh, kind of roles, advisory roles. Um, yeah. These are kind of smaller and bigger companies. <clears throat> I think where I'm... Um, mainly involved. <clears throat> Sorry, this is not no. Corona. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I told you, if you die in my episode, <laughs> there goes my ratings. <laughs> Skyrocketing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Interview dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, so I'm working with uh, with a studio in in uh, Nottingham. Um, I've been working with them from almost like 2013. I think 2014 I started actually. Back then, there were like 10, 15 people making no money. Um, these days, very profitable, 140 people. Um, and I've basically, uh, you know, uh, been helping with everything regards to growth. Um, that sounds obviously like a lot of user acquisition, but it's never been a predominant thing. It was also about like everything, the whole, the whole 360, basically, uh, in terms of marketing, in terms of monetization, all these kind of things. So I'm kind of involved there, have built up a few teams there. Um, but then I'm also working with a, with a um, few other studios, um, a relatively new kid on the block, um, a company in Toronto called uh, PopReach, um, then um, a very well-established company for many, many years called Exient. Um, yeah, and then I, I have like some board positions where where I basically listen to the management and tell them what they should be thinking about. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's what I basically do in a nutshell. Yeah, and that's fun. But um, <clears throat> so if 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 you would look at your daily activities, um, so on one hand, yeah, you have board, uh, but if you look at more operational. Um, and are you doing trends and analysis? Uh, are you looking at, at campaigns or can you describe that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, marketing is very data driven um, and should be um, yeah. you, because you basically have to kind of look at everything that is going on, um, everything that is going on in the game um, yeah. and everything that is, is going on in, in advertising. So it's, it's, it's really important to have like a full picture and not only focus on 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 your bids day by day but you actually i think you have to kind of look at the whole the whole uh, product and product performance to kind of do um do a good job there and um and that's what i basically um do a lot so i have like a few people around me these are then freelancers or people in the companies um that basically do the do more of the execution i mean i can yep. do that as well and i do do that still with some super early startups where I just kind of run a little, uh, you know, a, a little test campaign to validate like uh, 
uh, appetite of the users, meaning like CPIs and these kind of things in, in like a soft launch. I just launched like a, uh, or uh, with Popbridge, we just kind of did a test launch for a game um, a few days ago. And I basically, it's then easy for me to also just switch on a, a campaign quickly. This is not about day-to-day -day kind of looking at what what's the CPI and LTV. This is just kind of getting some users in, seeing the appetite. Are we getting users cheap? Are they going to stay? These kind of things. That yeah. The typical things that you do like in an early soft launch. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, at the same time, you know, with with other uh, with other games, it's then really looking at the whole the whole thing. What do we need to do in terms of product to kind of improve um, performance there in terms of retention or in terms of monetization? Um, you know, balancing and all these kind of things. Even though I'm not like a game designer or product guy. I do have an opinion because I've seen so many, 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 many games yeah. um, that I can at least, uh, you know, give some feedback and give some pointers. And that's, I feel, is also part of my responsibility there. Yeah. Because yeah. then <clears throat> that, that triggers me a bunch of questions. Um, a lot of indies always ask like, okay, um, what kind of numbers do you have to look the moment you're launching or soft launching, that's better said, testing the waters. And that can be a long test launch, uh, soft launch, it can be uh, a shorter one. But what kind of data is important? Uh, how to interpret it? I mean, if you talk about retentions, these kind of things. Um, I think in the beginning, it's more down to retention than revenues. But when, at what point become revenues, the revenue more ex uh, important than retention? And what is the point where you feel there's a point of no return? And let's launch it. And I would add another question. Do you have, do you think you are, uh, well, is there a possibility where you can say like, hey, the game will become now a success or no, we should stop, unplug and uh, next? Yeah, that's always the, that's always the hardest question. And I, I try to kind of, because I'm, I work quite in a consultative manner, right? I'm, I'm not the one to kind of make that decision, but I try to provide as much information for those that have to make that hard decision as possible, um, uh, which, which does mean, you know, I mean, on the, on the advertising buy side, it is important to understand, like, will I be able to get um, users uh, at a decent price? Now, the question then is always, how does it scale? How big is the audience? All these kind of things. That's kind of uh, like a, for me at least a secondary thought. I mean, if initially prices are just brutally high at at zero scale, then um, you have to kind of look at that, and then you have to kind of revisit your theme of the, the theme of the game and say like, oh, okay, maybe people are just not interested in this theme. That doesn't mean that you have to kind of kill kill the whole game. Um, it just means that you have to kind of refine that, and that can take. You know, a little bit, or it can take a little bit longer. I mean, I remember when the guys from Small Giant, when they were uh, not Zynga yet, uh, when they launched um, Empires and Puzzles um, in soft launch, they had just unbelievably high uh, cost per installs. Um, so uh, we basically um, spent the day looking at the data, looking at the numbers, and um, came to the conclusion that you know this this doesn't make sense um, at that kind of scale. So um, they needed another then 
I think four or six months to uh, kind of redo the theme and change that slightly. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of uh, you know that put them into a position where um, UA started to to be much more doable. And especially in the early days, obviously they didn't have the, the budgets even to kind of you know buy very expensive users, yeah. and didn't have the knowledge even to say like okay this user is going to be worth I don't know a hundred dollars or something like that. Um, so um, yeah, in the early days you obviously need to make sure that you can scale this. Um, so your install costs need to be re really cheap. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing, yes, retention is obviously crucial. Yeah. Um, but it's always the mix of retention and, and monetization, right? Um, and that, in a way, it will depend on what you need uh, so that you can say this is, this is a good game, right? This is, yeah. um, and that depends on the size of the studio, in the size of the, ex the expectations of any kind of investors. It may decide, it depend also on um like the 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 time it has taken to kind of get to this point etc um usually when i when i start walking away from like a project is mm -hmm. when i can when i see that they're not there yet but it takes forever to to update anything um i generally have kind of really the high the big belief that you know you have to iterate really really quickly um, you basically then increase the number of bets that you have against uh, improvement, right? So, because at the end of the day, we usually don't exactly know what's going to make the big change. We have a few hypotheses, but at the end of the day, we don't exactly know what it's going to be. Um, and sometimes it's uh, it's the uh, the unexpected that actually uh, makes the big difference. So, with Lockwood, when we when we started Avakin, that was always we always had a super high cadence of, of uh, builds. I mean, we're basically publishing new content into the game twice a week. But on top of that, we also um, um, do a build every roughly three weeks. Yeah. So we have we have we basically have like um, about fifteen uh, bets on improving metrics um, per year. Yeah. And that's 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 how we can that's how you compete basically. Um, if you only have like I don't know, let's say an update every six weeks, then yeah, that's obviously um, that's then only like eight, yeah. uh, eight bits per per year to kind of improve your metrics. And the key thing is, even if you do a global launch, um, you know, things get harder and harder all the yeah. time. UA will start to kind of increase, and it means that also your product needs to improve. So you, you will always have this ongoing battle. Um, and that means you have to have many, many bets on improvements. Yeah. So that was a sort of a small tip for developers. Uh, see through when you're developing a game, take into account that you have the possibility of doing several updates, let's say per quarter. Um, yeah. Do you have a minimum and a maximum? Maybe a stupid question. I, I mean, it depends on the it. It depends on the team, but um, at the end of the day, um, you know, you have to try to get to a decent cadence yeah. there. Um, and um, 
And that means that also the updates are not big updates, but they shouldn't be anyway. No. Um, yeah. I mean, it's proven again and again with all the successful studios that, you know, lots of iterations do the trick. And then we got cut off, which I had not experienced before. And Oliver said 5G. And I thought like, hey, that should be a topic anytime soon. 5G and gaming. Actually, it didn't happen before, but <clears throat> I'm noticing internet is getting slower. And I think um, yeah. Netflix, Disney, they all have to reduce in quality. Yeah. Uh, so, sure. uh, and I'm noticing the last couple of days, it's like, whoa, it's, uh, it's more time for 5G, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> okay, uh, well, we'll continue. No worries. Um, let me see. I need to. Was that useful? Them. Was that useful? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Good. Because uh, these are these are little things, and I'm noticing also some some indie developers or smaller developers they, they struggle with these kind of questions. And you know, the thing is, is uh, it, 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 it 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 needs to make them think, and that's the whole idea why I'm doing this podcast. So we got back on track, and uh, it was fun because uh, Oliver was asking, like, "Hey, is this useful?" and I think, of course, he knows it's it's useful. I mean, so many developers out there, they are so focused on creating that one perfect game. But it needs execution also on the marketing front. And um, that's why I, I, I basically uh, wanted to have Oliver in this episode. And um, so much experience and knowledge over the years. As I say to many people... He has looked under the hood of so many cars, and um, that makes it interesting. So we continue. Um, so then, right now we're dealing with a with a COVID nineteen, the coronavirus, and I mean, many people have said all around, lots of things about it. I'm looking from the perspective right now that the gaming is saying like, yeah. Uh, shitloads of revenues, uh, uh, streams are being watched more and more. And yes, we donate. Um, I personally feel that we're, we're bragging too much as an industry. So if you brag a lot, then spend a lot also on local, uh, local help assistance to the communities. Um, how do you look at the current situation? So, I mean, uh... What happens in a, in a situation like this is that um, basically advertising budgets, especially from those most hard hit industries, have gone down like dramatically, right? Yeah. So, um, so that means that the CPMs, especially on like the bigger networks like Google and Facebook, have certainly gone down. Um, and it means that you're able to kind of buy users um, slightly cheaper they're also more willing to kind of install. So like performance advertising definitely is a, is a great opportunity there. Um, but it does come with a caveat um, because we're basically, you know, buying users in very unpredictable times. Um, and what that means is that um, I think the ones that can pr uh, already see it or see it the fastest are probably like um, the, the um, hyper casual game companies, yeah. um, because obviously uh, for them they can buy users cheaper, but also the value that they get from a user is also lower. 
So I think yeah. for them this still works, but they're also buying against very short, uh, short uh, recoup windows, right? Um, yeah. And that's that's in a way uh, a good advantage, <clears throat> right? So so you you might, but you need to still be very careful because you don't you you may still have like in your head an LTV that actually doesn't hold anymore. So yeah. you have to be really, really, really on top of things. Um, and the best is there to have like automatic systems that basically constantly predict your LTV um, based on the based on the actual data. Um, yeah, on the new data. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So um, and and the biggest danger I think is for for the companies that are buying against uh, very long windows, right? So if you're yeah. buying against like. Let's take Glue as an example. They buy, I think, what they say in, always in their quarterly updates, they buy against 720 days. Um, I mean, with all due respect, I mean, what's going to happen after Corona is um, that we're going to see like a massive recession, uh, maybe even a depression. That's kind of already on the on on the horizon, <laughs> right? Yeah. So what's going to happen is that basically uh, disposable income of users will definitely go down, right? I mean, they yeah. will buy less food. That's probably not going to happen. But, you know, they will buy less cars. They will buy less furniture. Uh, all these kind of things. The First priorities. That can wait. But on yeah. the entertainment side, I think they will also kind of, um, you know, uh, mentally at least um, reduce their kind of budget that they have in their head for kind of uh, fun and entertainment, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, so hold on. So then, then you say like, okay, so yeah, food, rent, mortgage, these kind of things, uh, everything you have to, uh, to lift. Um, and then you have the subscriptions like the Netflix, uh, the Spotify. Uh, exactly. I mean, the subscriptions, I think, um, are, safe. Are, are a bit safer. Yeah. I, I would say, right. I mean, yeah. those you will kind of, you feel like you're getting a lot of value for the money. Yeah. Um, right. And you so, forget yeah. to 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 wow. stop it, maybe. Well, I think I Apple know. and Google are doing a good job there, reminding you every month <laughs> what <laughs> subscriptions you have. And I mean, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, that's that, that is their job um, because they don't want the upset people. Um, yeah. So it's fine. Um, but definitely, I mean, where you where you get a lot of value for your money, and it's very kind of uh, contained in terms of the amount that you spend. I think you're in a in a really good position there. Yeah. Um, that only comes once you're kind of maxed out your credit card or these kind of things. And there are obviously yeah. some markets like the US or the UK where, um, you know, people are already, um, you know, ha have a lot of debt already on their credit cards, etc. So I think even there, uh, you know, I think those kind of markets, you will even see some impact faster possibly than in other in other countries both of those markets are also some are also countries where the response has been particularly slow yeah. <laughs> in terms of uh, containing the virus so I think yeah. it's gonna be hard, hit maybe even harder anyway Double attack. so what yeah. do you think of um, so apps flyer they, they came out with a report that in 221 or was it 222? It's about almost 50 billion uh, spent in, in user acquisition. I mean, I was questioning, like, okay, when when did you actually uh, come up with this report? I guess just early 
this year. Um, so that's pre-corona for us. Um, going into the period after corona. I mean, right now you were I think like, okay, so. Yeah. I think apps in general. Um, I don't don't expect that to kind of grow significantly this year. No. Um, I mean, if you have like a booking dot com app, for example, you're not going to do any user acquisition at the moment, right? And there are no. enough other programs there for sure where you're kind of really um, where where people have stopped buying um, or spending money in advertising. I think in games, there is opportunity if you have like a, a short payback window. Um, I think then there is some opportunity. And the key thing there is to really very, very, very closely monitor um, your, your uh, paybacks and your LTV curve and all these kind of things. Because, you know, the thing is that, you know, um, you may see early on that your curve um, is a little bit lower. Um, and you think like, oh, okay, well, you know, we're just, we're, but we're also buying cheaper, so it should be fine. The thing is, if you have quite a long curve, it could be that also the, the shape of the curve changes. And then you, it could very well be that, you know, over a longer period, you're actually then uh, kind of uh, buying at a loss. That's the big risk. So you have to be really, really on top of that. And the moment you see kind of the curve changing, and I think we're now all experts in kind of, these uh, looking at uh, curves. <laughs> yeah, thank um, So uh, you have to really monitor it very, very, very closely because otherwise you're you're at a big, big risk. I think yeah. that's that's kind of the key thing. What that means for advertising, well, it's to be seen. I think the big spenders um, definitely buy against longer windows because these are like you know, mid-core games and these kind of things, right? They have quite quite long payback windows. The cross-promote, most likely? Well, I don't know, but, you know, if... if, if yeah, I mean, a, a, a mid-core game is relatively niche and has very long payback windows, and you have to buy... You're basically buying at a high price, so you have quite a... It's quite risky, then. I think that's something where you have to be extra, extra careful. I think the more casual, the more... Uh, quicker your payback window is, then the better. So that means also that it's today even more important that you basically, that the theme of your game, the topic of your game um, that you can do in advertising um, is very well received and your costs are as low as ever possible. I think yeah. that's going to be even more important. Yeah. So uh, let's assume we're now suddenly take a step in time we're now august to 20 uh governments are saying like okay you are all allowed to make your steps outside uh no travel yet anyways it goes back a little bit to normal and um game developers uh well some might have not published right now they might have waited because they they don't know if it's the right time to publish so it's august will we see a tsunami of new games coming to the market? If so, uh, well, what can we expect? Is that is that targeting at all those gamers out there that already have a current game that they like, that they have spent money in? Or if not, what does it mean? Um, what, what What is your expectations for 
assumingly if we can go out in August and, and, and get back to normal life. Well, I don't think that it's going to be back to normal life then. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I think, you know, this, the consequences, um, that will take probably, that will go into 2021. I think we will we will see it there. I mean, if you have like in one week, three million people in the US um, without a job and then also subsequently without health care. I mean, with all due respect, this is going to have long lasting impact all over the world. So I, I think, um, you know, people will try to keep the little money that they have together. So I think, you know, it's 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 going to be it's going to be tough. Uh, for sure. Um, and it's nice to brag about that so far the games industry has not been hit, but we have to be careful um, because we're not, we're not uh, you know, um, an absolute necessity in life. So, um, you know, we're definitely, um, you know, um, in-app purchases and are, are something that you can also not do. And the ad, ad dollars, the CPMs are going down as well. So to, to think like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to focus on, on an ad model. Yeah, yes, you will, be be able to, you will be able to make some money from ads. Don't, don't get me wrong there, but it's, that, that's also going down. Um, so, okay, oh, no hold question on. about that. Hold on. So then let's, let's assume that uh, publishing stays as it is and, and we keep on publishing games. Um, then two questions. Uh, well, actually, one is an observation. Do you expect less revenues? Can we see reducing numbers in terms of gamers? Or because they, they well, obviously, maybe they have to do job hunting, work harder, two jobs, whatever. Uh, any ideas on that? Well, I think the key, the key question you have to ask yourself as a game developer is how can I provide more value for less money without kind of going bust at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Because that will keep keep your community of players uh, active and happy, but I do feel that they they will be most loyal with with games and and companies that kind of um, start to think about their their issues, the consumer yeah. issues. Yeah. I think that's that's really really important. So I would advise to kind of. Get better at understanding your 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 community of players. You know what are they, who are they, um, and what you know what matters to them. I think that's really really um, quite important these days. Uh, it's kind of old school marketing in that sense. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. just throwing ad dollars at at, at uh, uh, in the networks. But I think it's it's really important if we you know you have to kind of make your um, make your product recession-proof as much as you can. I think that's, will, uh, that's important. Will yeah. a recession also have an influence on, let's say, the age group of uh, 12 to 20, 25? I mean, uh, kids that go to school uh, and then later on, let's say, high school, universities. I mean, this is a large group of gamers that like to watch eSports, all those streams, the influencers. Uh, influential marketing is being used as user acquisition also for gaming. What do you expect uh, to see over there? Yeah, I think, you know, if CPMs go down, then, you know, obviously also um, 
you know, the cost on, on influencers will subsequently also go down because they are in a way then competing for eyeballs. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that's, that's, that's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, again, like watching streams and these kind of things, that's kind of cheap and free kind of entertainment in that sense. So those yep. kind of things for sure will survive. Um, and if you can still generate some, some money from that, that's great. Just don't expect that you're going to make more money from the users. I think that's kind of the key, the key message I think is, uh, in a, in a recession, you don't, you shouldn't expect that you're going to, um, be able to squeeze more money out of the user. So <clears throat> you need to provide more value. Yeah. So bottom line, what you say, you need more users, more viewers in terms to stabilize your revenues. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you said in the beginning, the CPMs are going down. So getting those users is cheaper, but you need more in terms of getting the lifetime value. Yeah, uh, that, that's, that's kind of the, the, that's the mix. But you know what? I mean, at the end of the day in, in advertising and UA, we've always had to manage this balance yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I think we're quite well equipped, at least in games, we're quite well equipped to kind of do that. We just need to be extra careful and not think like, oh, you know, my LTV curve is going to stay like this. I don't have to worry about it, etc. You have to really look very carefully every day. Every $10,000 you spend, you have to kind of think like, okay, is this, um, is this the best I can, I can do? And am I sure that this is money well spent? Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the key message. So LTV, lifetime value, uh, that's going to be changing for a lot of people. When do you know what your LTV will be? How's that? How, how do you use your data to normally you can predict a bit and, and then over time you see if that's correct or not. Um, you basically say we should expect lower LTVs. Because people can yes. spend, okay, so how, how fast can I see what my LTV is going to be? I mean, how do you, what, how do, you do that in a day-to-day -day operation? Well, I think, you know, that's again, you know, if you, if you look at shorter LTVs, so let's say you want to kind of predict your, your day 30 LTV yeah. uh, from, let's say, the first seven days, then obviously you're, you're much, the risk is much, much lower. Right, so yeah. that's where I, where I meant. Where I think hyper casual companies definitely have a better are in a better position there. Um, their LTVs will go down, but so will also um, prices on the buy side go down. Right. Yeah. So they just need to be, uh, you know, have have that juggling those balls uh, kind of uh, really um, in mind, and really they they look at it every day anyway, right? Yeah. When it comes to kind of uh, games where you're looking at. 90 days, 180 days, 360 days, or even 720 days. Yeah, that's when, you know, early indications may still give you a wrong impression because the shape of the curve can still change and it can be much flatter than early indications would, would uh, predict. So if I look, if I take, for example, if I take today, like data from the last three years and out of that predict the LTV, um, for, from users today, my curve might be completely wrong. 
yeah. and I have to update that frequently uh, from from uh, today's data. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 um, that's at least what we're doing. Yeah. So to round it up, um, what kind of advice would you give to any game developer out there? Um, try to shorten your payback window when when it's so. Try to, I mean, in a in a time of recession, you have to kind of make your ad budget work better for you. Yeah. Meaning, you know, less risk. I would try to shorten the payback window. Yeah. Um, before I just uh, kind of uh, increase the budgets um, because there's so much opportunity. So that's kind of the one thing I would. So that means your your ads spending can stay what it is, but it's not like growing uh, super fast. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think, you know, in terms of like testing and these kind of things, so like pre-soft launch or early soft launch, it's obviously great times because you get users really cheap yeah. um, uh, to just kind of test the waters a bit. You're obviously in a good position. Um, what else? Um, Do anything I with think the... you have to... Yeah. Sorry. No, I was thinking also on the design uh, of, of how you communicate. Uh, anything on, on, yeah, I mean, free to play. Uh, in app purchases, uh, should your messaging, your communication towards new users change also, or should you alter the message? Uh, I mean, we're, we're always experimenting with messages, I think, uh, in advertising at least. That's kind of unnatural to kind of see like okay are you can you can you uh, uh, tap into into their mindset at the end of the day yeah. and if they're you know if I mean you can have like a, um, a headline on Facebook saying uh, challenge your brain or you can have a headline saying stay at home and challenge your brain yeah you know you can do these things for sure and just test what works yeah. and if, you know what what resonates best um, but you know, in general, I think in advertising, not so much. I think when it comes to like uh, community management and these kind of things, I think there are there are lots of opportunities there. Definitely to kind of uh, really hear out your community, understand them better, understand what what matters to them and what they would. You know, it's even important to kind of do some research maybe and figure out like you know, are they are they already spending less? Yeah. Um, what would they continue to pay for? These kind of things, because you have to kind of try to tweak possibly your product to be a bit more recession-proof. Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right, Oliver. I uh, enlightening. Thank you very much for um, giving your uh, your thoughts and advice, and um, stay safe. Yeah. Same for you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> All right. Cheerio. Okay. Bye-bye. That was all for today. Um, thank you, Oliver. And as I said, if you have some questions concerning user acquisition, then check out Oliver on LinkedIn. I have the link uh, in the blog post. And uh, next up on Sunday, besides Chris Reed, Reed thinks about esports, we also have Malta of Bitcraft. That's going to be interesting too. So stay tuned. And as I said before, stay safe and um, ciao for now.
This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.